for the record, um, you know, I'm a pharmacist. I work in a hospital. Uh, I'm a critical care pharmacist. And so I've seen what happens when people get sick, not just dying, but the after effects. And so, you know, basically the mask is all we have for now. And so I'm more comfortable. I mean, I felt safer going to Disney uh, than going to Publix. And so I'm actually happy with the way that they uh, are running the mask situation. Hi, everyone. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Jeremy. Authors of See You at the Campground, a guide to discovering community, connection, and a happier family in the great outdoors. Ten years ago, we bought a pop-up camper that changed our lives and introduced us to the joys of RV travel. Join us now as we talk about where to camp, what gear to bring, and the best food to cook. We'll also keep you dialed in with the latest RV innovations for people in the know. Pull up a chair and join us around the digital campfire. This is the RV Atlas. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of the RV Atlas. Uh, So we have covered Disney and Fort Wilderness in some way, shape, or form on this podcast for the last four years. But unfortunately, our trip this year got canceled. But I am super curious about what the Fort Wilderness experience is like this year and what the Disney Parks experience is like this year. And I thought it would be really fun to invite Johan and Lauren Schnell on the show to talk about their recent trip to Fort Wilderness and into the parks. Uh, If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that Johan is our auto correspondent. He's been on many times. But today we're really excited to also welcome Lauren onto the show. They're both Disney nuts, both really great people, really fun people. Welcome to the show, guys. How are you? Thanks for having us. Always great to have you, Johan. And Lauren, it's uh, it's really nice to have you on the first time. So guys, tell us about your family, your RV, where you like to camp. Just give us that that background again. Um, Like you said before, I work as a pharmacist. I have a great schedule where I'm seven on, seven off. And so I usually like to take my days off and just jam pack them with camping trips. We haven't really traveled too much out of the state of Florida. Uh, it's just haven't really gotten a chance. Honestly, it's a little overwhelming to try to plan anything out of the state. Uh, I'm a Disney nut. And so once we got the RV, we've been going down to Fort Wilderness many times a year. Yeah. It's become our happy spot, really. Like getting, getting, getting away without, you know, being, spending too much time on the road, like actually driving. The other thing is it's really kid friendly. Um, so when you have younger kids that are running around screaming, if you go somewhere else, maybe someplace, you know, they won't appreciate that. But at Disney, you won't have a problem. Everyone's doing it. If I lived near Fort Wilderness, I would be going just as much as you guys, I think. Absolutely. And you have so many great places to camp right in Florida. Uh, not necessarily a need to go out of the state. You have all kinds of options, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and we're, and we're beach, beach and water people. So it's one of those things where maybe the mountains would be cool to go see and do. But for the most part, we like to be around water when we can. Now that the kids are older, we're definitely planning on going up north more. Yeah. And hopefully we'll meet you one of these times. So tell, sure. tell me about your RV really quickly. Because, Johan, I don't think we've actually talked much about your rig. What do you guys camp in? Yeah, well, we, we own a uh, – it's a Flagstaff, uh, which is a Forest River brand, just like the uh, the, the Rockwood Rue. The, uh, it's a 233S, which is the the hybrid model. 
Um, and so it would, what by hybrid, I mean, it's a travel trailer box with uh, pop out bed ends and the two, three, three S is really the largest of all the hybrids. It's it, everyone in the hybrid community kind of calls it the king of the hybrids just because it's the largest one. And so it's got a dinette slide and it's got three pop out beds. So it's uh, really camper friendly. Now you guys, I think you really love this RV, correct? I mean, I in all our conversations over the years, it seems like you like this one. Yeah, this is our second RV. Our first one was a was a Jayco 17 XFD, which is the a small version of this one. It's also a three pop up hybrid, but without the slide and only 17 foot box. And when we when we bought it and we camped in it for nine months, we loved it. Except the size uh, inside uh, wasn't as adequate. And we really played devil's advocate when it came time to buy the second one. And we looked at a lot of different stuff and we landed on it again. So we're really happy with it. We've got the two boys and two big dogs. So we definitely need the slide. Sounds good. All right. Let's dive in and talk about what it's like to camp at Fort Wilderness and to head into the Disney parks during this pandemic. And I'm hoping, I mean, to me, this is such a high interest topic. And I'm hoping that anybody listening who's thinking like, should I go? Should I not go? That hearing about your experiences will help them make their decision, whatever their decision might be. Everybody's going to make different decisions here. Uh, So what was it? My first question was it easy to book a site at the fort? Is it limited capacity there? You know, how was that booking experience just to get your campsite? It's definitely limited now. Um, just a full disclosure, I'm no expert. I read a bunch of blogs um, and there are a lot more uh, versed people than me. But that being said, I had actually booked this trip last year because it was uh, I'm a runner and I was coming down for wine and dine. Um, It was difficult to book for Halloween last year. It was actually impossible. She couldn't get me a date. But I was able to continue it from, I think, the 1st until the 9th. Um, Actually, closer to Halloween, some sites opened up. I use a travel agent. Um, She makes phone calls to Disney. And so it's basically set it, forget it. I I shoot her an email, um, and she sends me an email a couple months later. Hey, I got your site. So in other words. I didn't do that yourself. Right. Because in other words, you'd be calling every day, I guess, pretty much. She calls all day, any day. So I just let her do it. It's the same price. And most travel agents, um, if a price drops or if there's a special, they'll automatically discount you. So now we've never used a travel agent for the Ford. And I, I have, you know, often called over and over again. So it sounds like a reasonable way to go. Now, are they filling all the sites? Are they doing every other site? Are they just opening sections? I mean, what's They're it actually? Opening books. They're opening loops. Um, and a lot of people are canceling at the last minute. So you're able to get that last minute fort site, unlike um, previous years where it's really hard to get in unless you get in super early. It kind of felt like it was around maybe like 70%. I don't know full. the exact numbers. Like, just a feel of it. Like when we went cruising around, it, it, it definitely feels like it's not full. Um, but we didn't know if that was because it's being limited uh, purposely or maybe people aren't uh, not as many people are going or wanting to go. I heard on Labor Day it was super busy. You make a great point that there's probably more cancellations than there normally is. That makes a lot of sense to me because people might have planned it a year ago before all this happened or people might have booked it and then had quarantine issues with their state rules. So if you want to go, maybe you have more of a chance of getting that last second site. So what section were you in this time and and what are your favorite sections in general? Because you guys have been quite a lot. This time we were in the 1200 loop. Um, which is uh, when when Fort Wilderness has uh, different types, 
but I believe it was a premium or a um, it's it's definitely the one that had it's paved uh, full hookup full hookup um, so it's uh, they're, they're top two tiers I just can't remember specifically if this one was on the top tier or on the second to top tier but um, we like staying on the ones that have um, that have a concrete pad as opposed to the coquina. Um, but we wouldn't care, you know, if we if it meant going into a coquina set to go to Fort Wilderness, we don't care. Uh, but this one, the twelve hundred loop, was cool about it. It's a, it's on the main drag, and so it's close to the uh, the the main settlement store, and also relatively close to the pool. Um, and and that was good for us, just because this time we didn't rent a golf cart. Yeah, I'm a premium meadow guy, meadows guy. You know that, and I, I agree with you so much that just getting a site with a concrete pad is well worth the extra expense. Because when you look at what you're spending overall on a Disney trip, just getting that you know upgraded site with the concrete pad is is not much of a dent in your overall budget. So, um, you know, I, I agree with you completely on that. So, talk to well, what are your do you, do you have other favorite sections? I like uh, being over by the boat dock. I like to hear the boats in the morning um, and you can hear the electrical light parade. So I like the one, two, three, four, five hundred loops. Um, that's where the dog park is, which is convenient for us. But honestly, I walked the dog to and from the dog park from the 1200 loop and it wasn't that bad. It's a nice walk. So yeah, it's nice. Up I don't, there, Joe. Yeah, I don't like to be by the cabins just because it's kind of far away from everything. But um, you know, I'll, I'll stay there. It's no big deal. The sites are a little bigger. Yeah. If you're um, getting a cabin, I think you want the golf cart. Oh, you, you definitely just because it's so far away from everything. That, um, that was one thing that was a little sad is we did, we don't hear the, uh, because the boats are not, uh, going all hours of the day like they used to. So you don't hear the horns, um, regularly, like you're used to when you're at the four, you, you know, the horn of the boat. I think we're a little further away too. Uh, possibly. And then definitely there was no, um, electric light parade. That's sad. Cause that means it's bedtime. We need to go to sleep. It's too late. <laughs> yeah. So it's just not, it's not the same experience now. So talk to us about some of the things you can still do. Mostly everything. Um, the pools and the spas are open. The spa is kind of rare because I heard at Universal you're not allowed to use the spas. Um, so all the pool activities for the kids are still going around. Um, Mickey tie-dye shirts, that they're still doing that. Gem mining, kayak rentals, boat rentals, bike rentals. They do the outdoor movies still, but it's only three days a week. And then there's no Chippendale, which is sad. But um, the playground at the main settlement is open. The mini ones are closed. They have signs, but honestly, I let the kids play on it. I didn't know that there was a sign and the door was open. So yeah, I we accidentally. I don't know what that means. I made a mistake. But. Well, you would think Disney would have made that a little bit more obvious, though. They're they're, well, they're pretty good at signage. Yeah, they didn't lock it, and the signs were there. But later in the, it's getting it's getting dark early, and we didn't see it until the next day. I was like, "Whoops, my bad." But no one stopped us. Now I don't know. Johan, I don't know what that means. Johan, when we talked a little bit before this, you, you had mentioned that, you know, like the, the pool at Fort Wilderness is really big. I mean, for those listening and wondering about, you know, like, what's it like going swimming? I mean, you could have space in that pool even at on a full capacity day at, at Fort Wilderness. But you said the spa was a little bit more like tricky for you in terms of, you know, being there during this time. Yeah, the um, I, I would say that my our entire vacation at Disney, I felt really good about the measures and everything that Disney was taking to uh, to you know within a pandemic be able to have fun, but except for the spa. And so at the spa, there was definitely no one from Disney monitoring there, um, and, and sometimes you would have a, a big group of tourists that are staying at the fort. 
jump in at the spa all at once. And, and it really, there's no way to socially distance inside that spa. So t- time to jump out, right? I guess like you pick your yeah. spots. If no one's in there, you head into the spa. If somebody looks like a big group's coming, I'm with you. I'd, I'd be getting out. So how is, how is transport? Go ahead. On the pool, it's heated. So if you're coming from out of state and you're coming into the four wilderness, the pool is heated. And so if you want to have the heat, go to the jets that put the water out. That was our trick with the boys. We would just stand by the where the water's coming out. It was hot. Oh, that sounds good to me. So how about transportation? I mean, for the for the people listening out there who have not spent time at the Ford, um, Disney transportation's awesome. I mean, it's one of my favorite things about going to Disney is like we never rent a car because all the transportation options at the Ford. So so what's running now? What's not running? Uh, there are three internal things you can do. You can ride your bikes or walk. There's always that option. The fort, although it looks big, it actually is not that distance wise. If you check, it's I mean, if you want to run a 5K, you have to run it uh, several times. The buses, the internal buses are great. Um, They're running. They have plexiglass dividers and they're keeping everyone socially distanced. I never had a problem with the internal buses as far as like not being able to get on because there are too many people. Um, And then you can get your own golf cart. Per usual. Yeah. And, and on the boats, what they're doing is uh, if you have been to the fort before, you could hop on a boat that goes to Magic Kingdom. And then there was a similar boat that would also go around and do a loop between Fort Wilderness, Wilderness Lodge and Magic Kingdom. Contemporary. Um, no, the Contemporary was a small, smaller boat, remember? They have the smaller boat and then the big boats. And so on the big boats, they consolidated just the big boats to go back and forth um, to the Magic Kingdom. And so um, to keep the boat at like 50 percent capacity, they just consolidated two boats. So now from the Ford, you can't take a boat to Wilderness Lodge. And they also eliminated the little boats that go to the Contemporary. So it seems safe. I think it was Contemporary and Wilderness Lodge. I'm going to disagree with you on that. Well, right. You know, right. we'll, 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 yeah, I'm not going to get involved in this, actually. I was just <laughs> going to say I'll check later and put it in the show notes, but we're just going to move on. Agree to disagree. <laughs> so <laughs> it's it fair to say, it, just generally speaking, you felt safe on the transportation and the transportation was flowing pretty well. We were first in line for a Magic Kingdom day and we looked behind us and the line was socially distanced, but it was reaching all the way back. So the line looks pretty terrible and actually it may end up being terrible because they limit the number of seats on the butt on the boat. Yeah. So, you know, if you get unlucky and you're in the back of the line, you know, pretty much figure you're going to be on the next boat. Gotcha. But the kids go play on the playground. So how about food? You know, I, I, I just specifically still talking about Fort Wilderness. Um, you know, we love eating there. Um, what, what's, what's open? What's not open? Not much. Um, the sad panda, the food truck is closed. Um, and the restaurant is closed and the biggest sad is hoopty doo is not running. And they laid everyone off. If I read correctly. Well, apparently, yeah. And a new, a new meeting said they're going to try to bring that back. Um, so fingers crossed it's looking good on that front because everyone got pissed off. I Show. I really hope they do because it's what a talented group of people at the Hoop de do. And, you know, when I think of our Disney memories, some of my most magical memories are, are taking the kids to the Hoop de do. Guys, remind me of the name of the restaurant that's up near the boats and the marina. I'm blanking. Trails End. Trails End. So we, I mean, we love Trails End and it's just not open right now, right? Right. It's closed. Um, you can, so you, P&J, P&J's take out. Um, you can mobile order online or if you walk up, I heard they'll serve you. And then you can go inside to pick up your food, I believe. I didn't know uh, we would be talking about it, so I didn't try it out. Otherwise, I would have. 
But PNJ is adjacent to Trails Inn, right? Correct. But it's like it's all the same restaurant. It's kind of like when you go to Epcot, if you eat in the um, Mexico Pavilion, the takeout right across the street is the same food. So now, I mean, you are in an RV, so I guess I mean it's sad to see it's not open. But you're in an RV, you have a kitchen, you can bring food. So I think the RVer right. has maybe a little bit of an advantage going to Disney right now in terms of, you know, food. Um, I think they're taking that into an account and not offering it as much because of that. Right. I think uh, that like, point. maybe at the resorts, the restaurants are probably still open. Like we, we wait at Whispering Canyon inside Wilderness Lodge. Yep. And so I take it probably because Fort Wilderness knows that the uh, RVers primarily eat from their camper. They shut down a couple of the kiosks, like the one at the pool. I never saw that one open. Right. Right. That's a great point. So Disney thought through all this. Now, the mask policy at the fort, like I'm in the Disney campers Facebook group and the I love Fort Wilderness Facebook group. And this seems to be like one of the things that people get a little worked up about. So what is the mask policy right now? You have to wear a mask if you're over the age of two everywhere. There are very few exceptions where you can't uh, take it off. Uh, You can take it off at your site. You can take it off probably in the bathroom where no one's looking. Um, And you can take it off in the pool or in your pool chair. Besides that, you have to wear it and you have to wear it properly. And they will correct you. So biking, on your golf cart, walking to the comfort station, everywhere. I'm going to retract a little bit. I mean, I'm I'm fine with this. Like, I, I like the fact that Disney is being strict and taking it seriously. And, you know, it seems like it's very apparent this is the rule. I don't think people are showing up like surprised by this rule. It seems like every, everyone knows. So was there any any friction? Did you see anybody, any problems with that rule being enforced or people complaining? For the record, um, you know, I'm a pharmacist. I work in a hospital. Uh, I'm a critical care pharmacist. And so I've seen what happens when people get sick, not just dying, but the after effects. And so, you know, basically the mask is all we have for now. And so I'm more comfortable. I mean, I'll, I'm felt safer going to Disney uh, than going to Publix. And so I'm actually happy with the way that they uh, are running the mask situation. And that's the reason I felt comfortable taking my family. So there are people who are anti-mask who are canceling, but for other people like me, I wouldn't go if they weren't so strict. Um, yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you're bringing that up. And I just I just my hope before we did this podcast and even just reading about the Disney experience now, I felt like, you know, if somebody can do this right, it's Disney. You know, if some company or organization can can manage this difficult time, it's Disney. So it's it's good to hear that that you felt good about that. And that kind of helped this whole trip happen for you guys. All right, we're going to come back in a second and we're going to go into the parks. So Johan and Lauren are actually going to take us into the theme parks, talk about their experiences there. And uh, before we do that, though, we have a sponsored message from our friends at Jayco. The brand new Jay Feather Micro Series is rugged and ready for adventure, but also lightweight and easy to tow. The five floor plans in the Micro Series are packed with high-end features like 16-inch Goodyear off-road tires, roof mount solar pep, and pre-wire for an inverter so you can easily use your 110 outlets. The included 17-inch Blackstone griddle is also a Jayco exclusive. The side nerf bars and optional roof and bike racks make it easy to bring them along to the mountains, ocean, or lake, or wherever the open road leads you. The Micro Series has floor plans that are perfect for solo travelers, couples, or families that can't wait for their next Next great outdoor adventure. To find out more, visit jayco.com. Jayco, generations of family fun. 
Welcome back to the show, guys. You ready to take us into the parks? Let's do it. So sounds like Fort was a really good experience overall for you guys. In a general sense, were the parks overall a good experience? I'm a Disney apologist. Um, I'll take whatever I can get, especially when we were planning on going in March and May and all that got canceled. We've been to all four parks. Um, We went to Epcot, just Johan and I, uh, the weekend before, and it was a lot of walking and the wait times were really long. Um, and you can't sit down uh, and eat your food. Or, I'm sorry, you have to sit down to eat your food. You can't walk around with a drink because of the mask policy. And so it kind of made Epcot a little less fun. Yeah. So on the spectrum of like Disney fandom, Lauren is definitely higher where I love Disney, but maybe not to that degree. And, and so for for me, I definitely it, it's one of those where Epcot wasn't as fun. It's still it's still fun being in just you're at Disney. Your your mind's off of a lot of normal stuff. But I, I would say of the parks, Epcot's probably the the most impacted by new policies because half of the park is traveling around the world, walking around, eating, drinking, you know, seeing stuff. And you can't do that. You have to actually physically sit down and stop and, and go into a, like a rest area or like at the American Pavilion in the concert area. This is a great wow. tip, though. I mean, honestly, so someone's planning a trip and that's a huge part of what they love about Epcot. Maybe you skip Epcot this time because you guys are exactly right. That's what we love doing in Epcot. We head out to the countries. We eat and drink. We stroll around. You know, the first part where you walk in, there's, you know, there's some good rides, but that's not why we go to Epcot, right? So um, I think that's important information. So maybe out of all the parks, Epcot's the one to skip this time, you think? They have a lack of fast passes at the moment, and that kind of hampers things. Um, I love Spaceship Earth, but waiting 45 minutes for it at the beginning is kind of rough. Test track, you know, was an hour long, um, frozen, you know, they're all very popular rides soaring. And so when they're all 45, 55 minutes, I mean, that'll eat up your day trying to ride a couple of rides. Yeah, that's, uh, I think that that's the one, the one big downfall of, of going to Disney right now. Like we're used to booking our, our three fast passes and then doing a bunch of other rides between those times. And so on a given day, we're not there. We're not the type of family that's there for a whole day. But we're probably there for a good solid four or five hours. And we're used to maybe doing, you know, seven to eight rides where I think at best we probably had about four rides. Now, that the lack of fast passes helped us with our next uh, park, though. Hollywood Studios is like the it's the park. Right? The park. I guess I should probably skip it. Go just go to Animal Kingdom because Animal Kingdom was probably our second or or least favorite, I guess. So Animal Kingdom is nice. Um the flight of passage. I've never been through the queue, which is very nice because we always fast pass it and they just shoot you up to the front. But walking through the queue is very detailed and it was about an hour wait, which is that never happens. Um, so it was nice to do that. So, so you're like Epcot was sort of the one that was the most problematic then animal kingdom sort of second most problematic. Yeah, it, it was fine. It was just very busy. Um, and the park is spread out. And so the wait times for everything, you know, it hit an hour for everything pretty quickly, including Dinosaur. Um, may have been because Everest was down all morning. Um, Cali River Rapids was only 10 minutes. Um, and then there, the food ordering is kind of problematic because not a lot is uh, mobile order. There's only a couple. Um, so it was okay. It was no, nice. Like for the, for the, the coolness of rides, 
is probably the angle that we're going for on Animal Kingdom. Like the wait time to the coolness of the ride is probably not as good. But a uh, flight of passage to get on in an hour is unheard of. So right I'll take that. now, no, but let me ask you this: like, what are the Disney insiders? Why aren't they doing the fast passes? Like, I guess I just haven't read the logic behind it. Uh, I think it's just too much. It's too complicated right now because not only do you have to have a, a day reservation, you have to get your hotel and then you've got to have a park reservation system. And then the uh, fast passes, you know, if you had a day of reservation, you could get it 60 days out. If you had a, a normal pass, if you didn't have a hotel room, it was 30 days out. I think it's just adding complication. No one knows what's really going on in 60 days, let alone 30 days. It's hard enough to get a park pass. So then you'd have to get the day pass to match your fast passes. I don't know. That's a lot of work. No, that's uh, that sounds that sounds logical to me and reasonable. Now, what about Magic Kingdom? Did you guys do that this time? Magic Kingdom's great. Um, there's, I think the number of rides keeps the wait times reasonable. Um, teacups were five minutes all day. You know, you can get on the teacups, throw up a little bit. It's great. Um, the Tomorrowland Speedway was a 10-minute to 20-minute wait all day. It's kind of like Halloween or Christmas party wait times. You know, Mine Train, the mountains, they were all higher wait times, but they were doable. So yeah, you could like, wait. Like at Magic Kingdom, the, the main benefit is that there's just so many different rides that, you know, Magic Kingdom's full capacity is 90,000. So if they're, if they're doing 25% of that, there's still enough rides to go around. So the longest one was probably mine train and that was about 60 minutes, maybe, maybe 80. I think we jumped times. in line when it was 40, but they stopped right. to clean stuff. So unfortunately, sometimes you get stuck test track. We got stuck with them cleaning and then mine train, same thing. It's about five, 10 minutes where you're just, the line's not moving. Yeah. They'll pause, they'll pause everything. And Which I like. They'll, they'll clean. clean. That's fine. And so the magic um, kingdom still had the magic for you guys. Oh, yeah. And they've got food, you know, the mobile ordering. There's so much that you can order there. Popcorn is open. Everything's basically open. Um, and then we haven't even talked about the Calvercades. Go ahead. Please do. OK, well, um, I forgot to mention that they have uh, at Animal Kingdom. They had like these boats around the river with characters that were waving. Pretty rare characters, in my opinion, if you're a character person. I saw Pocahontas and Miko, which unless you've run Disney races, you never see. Um, and we saw Donald and Chip and Dale. And then they also, which was fun, um, the bird show is not running, but they actually had just a random flock of macaws just fly in front of the tree and got really up close and you could check them out. So they're trying, they're trying to make up by not being able to take pictures with characters, um, by bringing them on in a, in kind of, in a in a parade type way throughout the different parks at different times. So at Magic Kingdom, they have um, the princesses uh, above the train station at the main entrance. They were all waving, so you could say hi to the princesses. They also have random parades, and so it just kind of depends on uh, what the theme is. They had some part of the Halloween parade going by before. They've had Marita on her horse. What's the horse's name? Angus. Angus. Um, I'm impressed. Yeah. That's uh. Oh. We watch a little right. too many. Yeah, we watch too many movies. No, you don't. No, you don't. I'm a Disney nut uh, too. You're on safe t territory here. So these so, these cavalcades are. I, I appreciate the ingenuity. I like it in this this coronavirus you know pandemic time 
when people try to replace one thing with something else as opposed to just giving up. And I appreciate that Disney is trying to replace the character meet and greets. In fact, I think my family would like the cavalcades more because we don't do a lot of character meet and greets. What what, what did your kids think? Were they disappointed not to get the meet and greets or, or did they really enjoy these cavalcades and not really miss them? Um, I don't think they noticed the meet and greet. They, they do notice not being able to uh, say hi and give them a hug. But my oldest said, I like these mini parades. These are great. I was like, okay, well, they are mini parades. That's exactly what they are. Um, they're kind of random. And we were not in the park, you know, maybe five or six hours a day. And we saw five. Several of them, yeah. So they're keeping them moving. And they're, and they're easy in the sense that, like, with a regular parade, everybody crowds the street and sits down. And it's, it's, a, it's an event where these cavalcades are happening quickly. And so it's really giving people the 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 benefit of being able to go up real quick, take a look at it, and then keep going and keep moving. All right, let's, they did that at Hollywood Studios as well, which is our last park, I guess. Yeah, let's talk Hollywood Studios. I mean, I'm I'm so excited to hear what you have to say about it. Like, what was what 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 made Hollywood Studios really good right now? So the best part of Hollywood Studios is that you now, like before, you had to for Rise of the Resistance, you had to show up to the park at seven in the morning sign in to try to get a group they did away with that and that's my favorite well no they 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 moved it um so you have to be inside the park your whole party used to wake up early get inside the park at a certain time and everyone would have to get in a to get a boarding group for rise of the resistance and they've recently changed that to where you don't have to be on campus you just have to log on at seven o'clock like atomic time seven o'clock to get a boarding group we got two boarding groups yeah so that that's a welcome change because it, they're avoiding the crowd the massive crowd being there at seven in the morning just to do that oh my gosh when we arrived that that crowd was so thick you could barely move i mean yeah you could you couldn't do that now that's for sure well wow. and everyone would stay and they'd wait and they'd go on these rides just kind of killing time and so now you don't have that crowd anymore anything else about hollywood studios that really worked for you guys this time I like the lack of fast passes. We were able to wait in line for Minnie and Mickey's Runaway Railway twice, and it was pretty reasonable, whereas it would normally be like a three-hour wait. Yeah, so with Hollywood Studios, like there's now enough new rides and cool rides that it, it definitely, like every ride, is, every one of those rides is probably going to be a good hour, but at least they're kind of worth that hour wait because, uh, you know, you look at the lineup of rides in Hollywood Studios now, and, it, and it's pretty amazing. I just got the chills when you mentioned that new ride because I haven't been on it yet and I really want to try it. So oh, how, so how, how was it? Oh my gosh, it's so great. Yeah, don't look it up. Don't look, Don't watch any YouTube don't videos. Okay, because there's like surprises in it. And not knowing anything. I, I am a firm believer in never watching ride-alongs until you've been on the ride, but that's just me. I don't either. I didn't really know that there was such a thing on YouTube because I'm not so much a YouTube guy. So don't let the kids accidentally click. So I love the ranking of the parks and, and you know, like just pre-pandemic planning matters so much with the Disney trip, right? I mean, if you don't plan a Disney trip, it's just not going to be as good. And it sounds like now the planning really still does matter. And, and I hope this podcast helps people that might want to go make some decisions about about the park. So I really appreciate that that ranking you guys just gave us. Uh, no, just gave us. So Tell there's one other thing that you have in your here in your notes that sounds really cool. So there's no Magic Kingdom show, but they they have replaced that in a certain way. What what are they offering there? Yeah, they um they don't have the fireworks show at any of the parks right now. They actually did recently did some testing, so who knows what's going on with that. Um, but if you say on property, if you tune into Channel 17 from six to ten o'clock at night, they play a Magic Kingdom fireworks show, which I 
really liked. The quality is it like the obviously it doesn't be being there in person, but the the film the film quality of it is really good, and so it, it the kids really like watching that firework show. Uh, before going to bed. And and I think it just has to do with, you know, even at 25% capacity, there's still a lot of people. And and one thing that Disney does right is the lines are all spaced out and you're kind of going from your six foot line to the next six foot line to the next six foot line. And and I think that that's really good. It, but the, the downfall is that the park feels like it's crowded because these lines that normally would be inside the building are now so spaced out that they're in a lot of walkway areas. So I think that's probably one of the things they're trying to juggle. And even getting into the stores was a bit more complicated, right? Yeah, because there's lines to get into the store, too. So they th- they can limit the amount of people inside that building. All right. We're going to come back in a second and just get Johan and Lauren's final thoughts on uh, this trip that they did to Disney. But before we do so, we have a sponsored message from our friends at Thetford. Aquabio is a new twist on holding tank treatments. It offers today's RVers formaldehyde and bronopal-free formula. Thetford's next generation of holding tank solutions is campground-friendly and complies with California regulations. The quick-acting holding tank treatment eliminates over while digesting waste and toilet paper to prevent clogging, all without any harsh chemicals. It's also proudly made in the USA. It's formulated and tested safe for all RV and marine toilets, holding tanks, and septic systems. Comes in liquid, toss-in, and dry options. Visit Thetford.com for more information. And they actually sell Thetford products in the training posts uh, at Fort Wilderness, which made me smile the last time I was there. So guys, just wrap it up. Like anything that you really wanted to say that you didn't get to to say or, or just your overall impressions on visiting Disney and Fort Wilderness during a pandemic? I forgot to say the horse barn's open. It's very nice. The new one, right? Yeah. Um, I would go back. I've been to Disney enough times that I feel like I just go in um, just to enjoy the day, do something different, have some good snacks, and then go back to my camper and kind of relax. That's kind of how we do the parks. Um, if you kind of want to go for the Disney experience where you're kind of immersed, um, I think the time would have gone been last year. I'm not exactly sure how they're going to reopen everything um, and when that's actually going to be. If you're just going to go to just get away and do something different and kind of have no expectations and whatever happens, happens, and you're open to being surprised, I think it's a great time to go. I've the lines heard- pretty reasonable. A lot of things are open. Um, If you're comfortable wearing the mask, you know, if you can get some nice breathable material, I mean, not too breathable, obviously, but if you get a nice comfortable fitting mask and you wear it all day and your kids wear it all day, I think you'll be fine. Now you, the masking policy in the fort, you were, you sounded like you're happy with now also in the parks, besides the Epcot issue in the parks, you felt like it was enforced and people were, were following it without any friction or problems. Yeah, I, I didn't notice any friction. Uh, I, like I, it, to me, it seemed like everybody was civil about the spacing and about the mask. I will say the weekend that Lauren and I went by ourselves was hot. It was a hot weekend versus when we went with the family, it had cooled off. Cooled off. It's definitely a lot easier wearing the mask when, when it's not as hot. Um, so I would definitely take that into account if you're booking for next year. But to be honest, my wife is used to wearing her mask all day long at work, and the kids are are now too. I'm really the only one that works at home, and I'm and I was really the only one, not necessarily complaining about it, but like just 
I was the least favorable to the mask. But if that's what it takes to be at Disney and get away from it, it's definitely worth it. Disney does it right. Um, I Like I said, I did not feel unsafe except for at the spa. And I would just get out. I don't go to the stores with my kids here in, in Jacksonville. And I took my kids to a theme park, which on the face of it sounds ridiculous. Um, no, but you explain, I mean, the way you explained it, it, it makes a lot of sense to me. I totally get it. I mean, there, there's been times I've gone into Walmart and I was like, man, it's really crowded, you know, like there's too many people here. There's no, there's no spacing. And, you know, I, I appreciate Disney trying to do this and keep people employed and, and do it in a, do it in a safe way. And I really appreciate you guys coming on the show and sharing your experiences. Thank you so much. Thank you for having Thanks us. Thanks for having us. Anytime. We'll see you guys at the campground and hopefully at Fort Wilderness one day. If we don't meet up someday at Fort Wilderness, this is a problem for me. So we got to at some point make it happen. Hopefully it'll be at Hoop de Hoop. Oh, my gosh. Is that the thing you missed? The, like, what did you miss the most? Last question. What did you miss the most that, that wasn't happening? I am a character person. Meeting characters and standing in line for them is my favorite thing to do. So I got to say that. Johan, was there something you really missed this time? I, I no, not really, because like I go to see see Lauren and the kids, like how they light up, and I still got that. That's uh, what an awesome way to end the show. Thank you so much, guys. We'll see you at the campground. Bye. See a big thank you for listening to this episode of the RV Atlas. And a big thank you to our sponsors, to Jayco, the Thetford Corporation, Go Power, Yogi Bear's Jellystone Park Camp Resorts, and RV Snappad. To find out more about the topics discussed in this show, visit thervatlas.com. And to join the friendliest group of RVers, join us over at the RV Atlas group on Facebook. See you at the campground. We'll see you at the campground.